Welcome back. It is Drop the Subject with Allie and James. Good thing there is nothing going on in the world, so who knows what we will talk about. Um, we are really scraping the bottle of the barrel, James, aren't we? I mean, just... Yeah, it's, this, it's like a dry news cycle. You know, sometimes these things go in cycles, right? Where there's like more news and less news. We're definitely in one of those places in the world where there's just like not a lot going on. Economy's stable, president's stable, everyone's health is stable. There's no protests going on. Nothing like Mm-mm. that. It's great. Totally fine. You know, on, on a real level, I think we are in such a strange position because this year has been a combination of the most boredom and the most stimulation <laughs> all at the same time. You uh-huh. are doing nothing, but at the same time being stimulated and overstimulated with the breaking news. Every time you look, I mean, over the weekend and beyond throughout this week, every time you look at your phone, there's another breaking news story. It was, you know, it's Donald Trump and then it's Melania and then it's Kellyanne Conway and then it's Kellyanne Conway's daughter and Chris Christie and the White House. It's like every exactly. And Mm -hmm. so you can barely keep up. And then it makes you addicted to keep going back to Twitter and see what's going on because you're like, well, there's got to be an update. And then when there's not one now, I'm mad. (laughs) <laughs> and and this is so I'm a really good sleeper. I think we've talked about this before. Like I can just like turn my brain off and go to sleep. This weekend it happened twice was the first time that I I was awake for that very reason. I, I've been quite a bit more active on Twitter lately just for like sort of professionally and just to kind of know what's going on. And I was laying awake wondering what was going on. And I was like, well, I better check Twitter. I better check Twitter. And then I was like, oh, I have to do all these things. And then I started, my mind started racing. Like, oh my God, I have all these things I have to do tomorrow. And I was like, whoa, 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 dude, this is not you. You're not this guy. And I was like, I got to dial back the Twitter. But like you said, it's so hard because particularly everything going on with numbnuts, it was, you know, all weekend and yesterday and whatever. Right. And and this part of my job is to know what's going on, particularly when media outlets are calling constantly. And they're like, hey, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think? Um, so it was it was a lot. You can probably even tell in my voice. I'm a, I'm a little bit uh, fired up about everything right now. Well, and you helped take over the Proud Boys Twitter hashtag, which was fantastic. That was something <laughs> that I was reading about all day yesterday and and into today. And the Proud Boys is a super right wing. Are they an organization or are they just yeah. a random oh, yeah. group? OK, they're yeah, an organization. No, they're, they're organized. And they were specifically mentioned by Donald Trump in the first debate, which you probably already know. So the Proud Boys were feeling extra proud and they were all over Twitter and they were running their mouths off. So what did the gays do? All the beautiful queer men of this world decided to flood the Twitter hashtag Proud Boys with photos, videos and tweets about their very queer love. And it was fantastic. And you were one of those tweets and it was really nice to see. Oh, it was super fun. I was look trying to find the the gayest pictures of both Chris and I. <laughs> How do you pick? I right, but then I realized that they're all super gay. <laughs> no, actually we we tend to be we're kind of boring is actually what I was thinking. I was like, God, for as much fun as we have, we take some boring selfies. Like it's just one of us holding it out and we're like smiling. There's the two yeah, of us. But yeah. I did finally find one from some big gay cruise we went on a couple years ago. But all of the ones where I'm in drag or like acting crazy, Chris is probably taking the picture, so he's not in it. And I wanted to you know, plural, proud boys. I wanted him to be in it as well. So it's sort of like boring, boring, boring. Oh, there's James in a random like white party costume. Yeah. With my, sh- with my shirt off. Hey. I know. I loved seeing it. It was great. And uh, we are going to talk about all kinds of different things uh, later in the show ha- having to do with the president and his health. I know, James, you have been very, very busy updating everybody uh, on Channel Q and on many other news stations with 
the health of the president and what he looks like. I haven't even had a chance to talk to you about some of the videos and how he looks there because it's very, <laughs> I mean, all of it is like some weird magic eye that I cannot unsee. Yeah. Uh, so when we come back, we're going to take a break, a two minute break. It's only two minutes. We promise we're not going to play more than two minutes of commercials. And when we come back, we're going to uh, kick things off with just the tip Tuesday. And then we're going to talk about a very controversial dress. So stick around. Lots of drop the subject on the way. Drop the subject. The new channel Q. Drop the subject with Allie and James. It's just the tip Tuesday, meaning we share tips, tricks, life hacks, things that will make your life a little bit easier. And God knows in 2020, we all could use it. In fact, we have 27 days until the election. 27 days to figure out if you're going to be crying yourself to sleep. Well, I mean, we actually could be waiting later than that because we don't even know if we'll have the we probably won't have the actual results on November 3rd. But a a political pundit that I spoke to this weekend who shall remain nameless did say it's January 6th is when the official like the the uh, electoral college people actually get together and do their thing and they vote and did it at whatever. We should all just start now anticipating that we may not actually know who the president is until January 6th. Okay, so and because of all the things that are going on in the world, you might be thinking, all right, I've been talking about it long enough. I'm going to move to Canada. For So for just the tip Tuesday, we're going to talk about how to move to Canada, Canada. and what... Are you? Do you know the whole thing? Something unreal. We stand. You know, let's stay in America. Okay. Oh, God. (laughs) So, So, these are just some things, some tips rather, for. When you arrive in Canada, how can you blend in and not be a fish out of water? Well, the first thing that you can do is learn some of the Canadian English slang. Of course, they speak more than but just English there. They speak French, so you can learn a little French if you really want to. But you can also say, hey, I have to go to the biffy when you go to a restaurant. Instead of saying that you're going off to the toilet, they say biffy. Oh, biffy, eh? eh? Which is also Canadian slang. It's quite the, uh, quite a versatile Word, right? And you can use it to end a question, to say hello to someone at a distance, right? We're still distancing. To affirm something, to agree with something, like saying, sure, I agree. Or to show surprise, as in, are you joking? Eh? (laughs) (laughs) We are on the move. All right, we're almost there. Now we're basically Canadian citizens. I mean, right, like I'm totally Canadian. Um, the word for a beanie is a toque there. So if you if it's cold outside or all you lesbians, you want to pack your beanie collection, it's actually your toque collection from now on. And you can also bring weed if you want to toque in that way. Uh, a $1 <laughs> coin is called a loony and a $2 coin is called a toonie. A jazzy word for a kilometer is a click. And if anyone talks to you about the six, they're talking about Toronto. Why is it the six? I, don't- I have no idea. My favorite... Canadianism is homo milk. <laughs> it's the I don't Canadian, even know what that is, and I agree. Uh, you're like, I also love homo milk. Uh, get your minds out of the gutter, kids. It's a slang word that refers to milk with 3.25% fat. Now, mind you, it should not be confused with Canadian whole milk, which is full on something different. But 
Canadians have given it the slang word. It is not like here in the States when we say homo, it refers to homosexuality. When they say get me a homo at the store, they mean homo milk. Really? Yeah. Now, when we say get me a homo at the store here in WeHo, <laughs> totally, totally different story. And but also never out of stock. <laughs> When you go to Canada, there's a few different things, too, about milk that we have to continue talking about because milk comes in bags instead of cartons. But also, you do have some incredible foods at your fingertips, like obviously the maple syrup. But my favorite Canadian food of all time is the poutine. Have you oh, had the poutine? Uh, I have, and it's quite delish. But I, the few times I have been to Canada, I've been... because since June 21st, 1978, been on a diet. So I'm always like, I, I really want like a bite. It's good. It's whatever. Even though I'm wearing a puffy coat and no one would know any difference. Like, it looks amazing. Basically, it's like gravy and cheese and French fries, right? Like, what's wrong? What could be bad about that? Yeah, it's great. It's fr- fries with gravy and cheese curds on it. It's delicious. And, Ugh, you know, if you are going amazing. to f- officially move to Canada, I would also just let your inhibitions go out the window and just load up on p- poutine and maple syrup. A couple other things. Bears in California are fun and fluffy. No, they're not. But in Canada, Uh, they are way more dangerous, apparently. And there are bridges that were built just for animals. So very exciting. And then you've got, of course, great education, free health care, which will probably take a little while to kick in once you move there. But all in all, if you are thinking about moving to Canada, that's what you can expect when we come back. We're going to talk about a Gucci dress for men. Gucci has released a dress that is only for men. Uh, I have a lot of questions. I'm sure you have a lot of opinions about it too, James. We'll get to that when we get back. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject, Allie and James. We are all about breaking down things like toxic masculinity. Not breaking it down so that we understand it, but breaking it down and getting rid of it, right? We're getting rid of gender norms and all this other crap. And we are not alone in this here on Channel Q. Gucci has decided to get into the gender norm fight, the gender neutral business, if you will, because they are a business. And what they have done is created a dress, Allie Johnson, specifically targeting men that retails. I mean, it is Gucci, but it retails for 1700 pound, but it does come with a nice satin bow. Okay, so there's a lot to to get into here because I'm looking at a picture of the ugliest dress that I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> it's uh, now is it okay? Is the is the dress that ugly or is the model they chose? Because I feel like the model is so super giving me like Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> Like, whatever. He I does look just, like a guy who's just like, hey, I'm I'll just put this dress on. That's cool. I'm hey. just going to wear my toque and my But I, you side can't satchel. be Gucci and just put on a big, like, it, it looks like a big orange sack with like a white collar and a white satin bow around the middle and call it a dress for men and just expect people to buy it. Male, okay. female, or non. So we haven't been able to develop a word for your fabulosity. We can tweet out this picture that you can so that you can see what Jesse looks like in a dress. The thing I wanted to discuss, aside from the fact that this is the ugliest dress we've ever seen, and if they are going to make a dress quote for men, wouldn't they go a different direction than than I'm for? Which is seemingly mm. the direction that they went in is like this is a four year old's dress, like a four year old girl's orange yeah. dress that she would wear to Sunday school, and we're going to put it in the men's section, which is whatever. We're just going to take that situation put off to the side Uh the fact that 
they are making a dress specifically for men and putting it in the men's section, I find fascinating because should we, is it more effective to start putting, quote, women's things into, quote, men's sections or is it better to work towards eliminating sections as a whole? I know that's a little easier said than done, but, you know, I go back to when I was a kid and I always wanted to shop in the men's section. They didn't have clothes that I wanted in the women's section. And if there had just been a, a maybe a, a blazer or, you know, a, a more collared shirts or whatever, it, whatever it is, more men type clothing or male centric clothing, maybe I would have felt more comfortable, not so out of place. And now I look at this dress being placed in the men's section. I also worry that straight men are going to buy it as a joke and make fun of it. Uh, I wonder if they're, they are going to buy it as a joke. So wh- where I go is I think about me marching into my local Macy's or wherever when that was a thing. Do you guys remember brick and mortar stores? They used to exist. No. And we'd, I'd march in there and I'd be like, I need heels. I need this dress. I need whatever because I give zero Fs at this stage in my life. But what I do think about is, is all right, what about the men and not just boys, but like what about the men who live in Wichita, Kansas? who might really want to wear something like this. And and even if it's just around their house, but they're going to be uncomfortable shopping in a women's section. So maybe then if we start to push this, like, you know, things that are dresses, this is a dress. It has traditionally been marketed to and socially appropriate for only women or people who identify as women to wear this. But now we're going to make it cool for men to wear it. If that guy might actually feel more comfortable. So from that standpoint, like, happy, fluffy unicorns and ponies and rainbows, James. Like, I think it's a really, really good thing at this. But I'm a little bit with you, Allie. It's like, why do we need to gender any of it? Like, let's just throw right. it all why are we out. Like, this is a dress for men. Right. Like, it like can even just saying that, why, why is that necessary? Why can't yeah. it just be a dress? Yeah. Right. But I just, I don't think we're there yet. I don't, I, after Trump being traumatized by Trump rallies in my neighborhood this weekend, after seeing what people say on Twitter, after seeing these different things, after whatever, like seeing re- how we're still represented on TV and things like that, I just don't think we're there. And so part of me says, all right, Gucci, I'm going to applaud you for pushing the envelope here, but I feel like they're half-assing it. I feel like they did. They just copied a a a, a design from Michaels <laughs> and put a bow on it and called it a dress for men and charged us seventeen hundred pounds. I think that it, it yes, I'm with you. And I kind of thought maybe it would be like in terms of the world being ready. If we if they had started out with like some Schitt's Creek kind of. Um, mm. dressy tunic type mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. that have sort of a mat, like a gender n- neutral feel to them, but have a little less pant, a little more skirt, right? And then gone to sundresses. Ease, ease us into <laughs> I it. I feel <laughs> like because this was such a leap, people are just going to be like, "Well, this is ridiculous." You know what I mean? Yeah, like this yeah. is a Halloween costume. That I think so, and people are certainly not going to spend that amount of money, right? Like, but I don't know. You never know. There are lots of people who will throw around seventeen hundred pounds on some clothes and think it's no big deal, and they'll be the trendsetters. And you just you gotta. I think if Idris Elba wears this to an award show, where it's right. a different conversation. Let's make it happen. Uh, more drop the subject when we Best get back. Don't go anywhere. <laughs> Best award show ever. Everyone's in dresses. Drop the subject. The new channel Q. Drop the subject, Allie and James. We are getting right into it because I am fired up about this idiot. And yes, I called him that. I've been really nice, but <laughs> I'm done being nice. This is Trump around. He's a COVID idiot. 
<laughs> he is a COVID or Kofifi idiot. Is that what you said last week, right? Is that you, you merged Kofifi and COVID, COVID or something like that? Yeah, yeah. A good joke on Twitter that was going around was that people were wishing him a safe and speedy re Kofifi. <laughs> <laughs> Which was nice. fantastic. Uh, um, but a lot has happened since we last talked and, and wanted to focus a little more on the medical side of things, obviously, because of your expertise, James. When those videos came out, you know, over the weekend, the 18 second one and then the four minute one and then leading up to the limo experience, which I'm sure we'll also get into. And I would go ahead and say you probably don't recommend James. Um, you know, he Ooh. did a short stint at Walter Reed. They keep saying he's on the mend, et cetera, et cetera. But when you saw those first videos, what were your top line thoughts? Because when I looked at him, I was like, whoa, this guy looks bad. And I thought this is what his pale looks like, which seems like Norman normal human skin color. Right, right. I was like, did they just forget to put the makeup on him, or is he actually pale and sick? Those those were my first thoughts. Listen, so honestly, my first thought, and I got a lot of crap about this on social media over the weekend. People were saying things like I was vir- virtue signaling. Is that the thing? Yeah, virtue signaling. I really do hope that the president of the United States does not get super sick from COVID. Like, honestly, I, but I am able to separate those two things. You have to do this to be in this profession. I have taken care of people with swastika tattoos before. Mm-hmm. Um, I have taken care of known child sex abusers before. Like, you have to be able to separate those things. So one bucket of me says, wow, this guy's sick. He looked pale. They have what amounts to a mini hospital in, in the White House. And so if they felt the need to transfer him from the White House to Walter Reed, he probably was a little bit sicker. Now, a lot of people are saying, is this true or not? Because he's had this rapid recovery. But I have thoughts about that. So let's just go on the assumption that Donald Trump was actually sick, is actually sick, does have COVID-19. If your oxygen saturation drops below a particular number, that's an indication for us to start all these different types of treatment. So he got that Regeneron, which is completely irresponsible. It's not, it's it's only been tested on 275 individuals. It seems to be doing well, but it's not even like FDA phase done with FDA phase three trials yet. But he got that on Friday and then they still sent him to Walter Reed. He started remdesivir, dexamethasone, all of these things we give people when they cannot maintain an oxygen saturation over 90 or 92 percent, which indicates they're sick, that something's going on. Now, generally, We keep people in the hospital when they're getting remdesivir, which you can only get through IV for five days. You get it for five days straight, once a day, every, you know, every 24 hours. Well, you can't leave on day three. You you still need the remdesivir. So he's probably getting it in the White House. He's probably still getting the dexamethasone. But all of these things would lead me to believe that he was sicker at some point than, than he was maybe letting on. And I, think it's so incredibly irresponsible, whether he was sick or not, to have a known COVID-19 positive test and then to get in a hermetically sealed car. Mm -hmm. With other people who did not have it yet. Who did not have it. To go for an effing joyride because... Just to see his supporters, to show this, this, you know, a show of strength or whatever, I, I was furious when that happened not only of course putting the the secret service guys in jeopardy or whatever all of that but just the the fact that he felt that that was more important like that was the most important Mm -hmm. thing than even just protecting his his health think about it in that place if you're the president of the united states your duty is to the 330 million people of the united states you serve me 
You don't serve yourself. This was selfish. Mm-hmm. You have to keep yourself healthy to keep this goddamn country running, right? I don't want Mike Pence as president. I don't want you as president, but you are. That's the fact of the matter. You stay your ass in the hospital. You get this treatment. You get better, and then you get out, and then we can discuss how evil of a person you are. But this this whole thing, I, I, I cannot... Yeah believe the physicians and nurses who have had to take care of him i'm sure they were pulling their hair out like all weekend long that's all my that's all my wife kept talking about all you know the when this happened on friday all the way leading up to now she's just like what about the nurses and the doctors that have to work with this man (laughs) (laughs) and now just to make things worse you can pre-order a 100 trump defeats covid commemorative coin at the white house gift shop that is already in the white house gift shop trump defeats covid so stuff like that makes me think this was not real ally how do they already have these all right we gotta go jesse's telling us to stop uh, let's take a two-minute break, and when we come back, who's the most annoying person on a road trip? Is it Donald Trump? We'll find out next. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject with Allie and James. You know, a lot of you might be planning or maybe have already gone on a road trip. It is the year of the road trip. It's the year of renting a Cruise America and just going across the country because you made plans to go to Mexico and you canceled those plans. So... You're road tripping. I didn't. It wasn't an official road trip over the weekend, but I did. Uh, I I did drive for a little while, and I it was a sort of a goodbye party. Well, with four people, uh, for a friend of mine who's traveling across the country. She's doing a big, long four week wow road trip across the country to move to North Carolina. So it got Whoa. us thinking and talking about who is the most annoying person on a road trip. You know, my wife is annoying in the sense that she is either I don't care that she falls asleep that's actually a best case scenario for me uh-huh. um, the music that she plays is very very low energy it's not like road trip like hype music uh-huh. we're like all right let's play some tunes it's like sad emo foster the people or some kind of like I'm like oh my god I'm like about to old die Tori Amos yes like- not even that it's just like always the lightest guitar that i can ever and she's just like look like gazing out the window like being spiritual and i'm like please can we just talk to each other or something i can't (laughs) handle this but i'm always a talk i like to listen to talk i like to listen to books Mm -hmm. i like to listen to podcasts i'm not if it's a a friend situation where we haven't seen each other in a while i'm fine talking for 15 minutes maybe a half an hour at that point, <laughs> I want to just kind of listen to something, right? And zone, zone out. out. Yeah, I'm I'm absolutely with you too. I, I I like to try to pick the book beforehand too because I do get a little bit annoyed when we are like spending the first half hour, forty five minutes of the road trip trying to figure out what you want to listen to. Should yes. we do this podcast or that podcast or this book? Or, nope. I want to know. I'm going to get in the car. I want to hit play as soon as I leave the driveway and like it's on. Um, so many responses have come through <clears throat> at DTS show on our Instagram. We posed the question, who's the most annoying person on a road trip? And somebody nominated the forced sing-alonger, the person that makes everybody <laughs> sing along to things all the time. Of course, having to stop and pee all the time, that is perhaps the most annoying. And you know, one that I cannot stand, James, is the one that, and this begins with one person and eventually becomes two or three to the point where you're outnumbered. The why don't we just stop and eat somewhere person where it's not just driving through. It's I want to have a full meal. I want to stop the road trip. 
I want to stop uh, it, and I want to have a full-on meal at Anderson Pea Soup and order seconds. <laughs> of course, of and, course. you know, just go to those kind of kitschy places, but have uh-huh. a full-on meal there. I hate it. And there, there needs to be sort of an understanding before. Is this a road trip for road tripping sake? Fine. Then we can spend all the time you want at Anderson Pea Soup or wherever <laughs> or like the world's largest truck stop outside of the Quad Cities in Iowa. Like wherever you, we can do all of that crap. It's fun. But if the expectation is we need to get somewhere and we have a sort of time that we need to do this, ain't nobody got time for that. And I will be, I am that bitch when I'm driving who will be like, no, we're not stopping. Really? (laughs) Yeah. Please. My car, I'm driving. First of all, I pick the music. Second of all, no, you cannot smoke in my car. Mm -hmm. Uh, Three, we are going to stop. I'll pick the rest stop with all the food. I'll go to 14 different drive-thrus for you if you won't, but we're not stopping. We're not getting out for anything. We we need to get to where we're going unless the trip is the trip. And then I'm yeah, fine. yeah, yeah, yeah. Does that yeah. make sense? No, my yes, yeah. I, I'm with you. Where if it's open-ended and you're supposed to be stopping along the way, I get that. But if it's a situation where you're on a road trip and you're going from say San Francisco to Los Angeles, you're just trying to get from one Let's place to there. the next, and you just yep. want to get there. Yeah. So. It seems that, I mean, other people wrote the person who's too quiet. I, I, a person who doesn't talk very much is totally fine with me. Um, or somebody <laughs> who having bad taste in music or can't read the room with music. So everybody's on a Lady Gaga train. Uh-huh. They're, on, they're in the modern world. And then all of a sudden you start playing like Boogie Woogie Bugle Boy. And you're like, what are you doing? No one wants to listen and to this song. they're like, you guys, the Carpenters is also the jam. <laughs> and you're like, yes, they are. But that's not what we're into right, right now. We're <laughs> And you're like, oh. Oh, Karen. Uh. Karen. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject presents. News it or lose it. Welcome back. It's Drop the Subject, and it is News It or Lose It time, meaning I have two headlines, and so does James. But the catch is. We can only news one of the stories. The other ones we lose and we never speak of again, except if James decides to tell us the story, which happens <laughs> pretty frequently. Yeah. Um, so here I'm, are th- I'm pretty damn good at picking two good stories. That's the issue. <laughs> That's the issue. It's the system. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here is your first headline, James. Massive 50-year-old great white shark dubbed Queen of the Ocean caught and tagged for queen of the ocean (laughs) the queen uh after my deep sea fishing this past weekend i'm cool with the aquatic (laughs) uh (laughs) i'm okay i'm okay okay she's like over three thousand pounds and she's gonna provide them (laughs) she's she's freaking huge (laughs) she's a big girl that's a big girl that's a big girl she's they're gonna have a ton of research about migration patterns and all kinds of stuff. So that's that. Uh, You're going to hear about NASA's new space toilet then. Oh, yeah, I am. Love me some space toilet. (laughs) That's what she said. Okay. Headline number one. It's a follow-up, Allie. Kathy Lee Gifford addresses son-in-law's viral moose knuckle. Oh, great. Yes. Let's hear about the moose knuckle. News it. News it. Viral moose knuckle. That's a reputation that you can never live down. No, ever. Nope, 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 nope. Uh, and nor should he. I mean, I guess I, I'll just jump in and tell you all about this, by the way. Uh, so 
This was, I don't know if you guys remember, so we did this last week. You folks, sorry, remember last week, Ben Weirda was on with with his family. He's the nephew of Betsy DeVos, who's the education secretary, and son-in-law to Kathy Lee Gifford. So he's got lots of sort of famous ties, right? And some awkward family encounters. Um, he went viral. He, him, all parts of him went viral, we should say, uh, because during the... <laughs> <laughs> that the end of the family feud, they pan down and that you see that he's wearing these super, super obnoxiously orange pants that are very, very tight. And he's got a lot going on. He has, well, moose knuckle going on. And he's very a gifted. Big there. ass moose knuckle. A like huge lot. Yeah. So, of course, leave it to none other than Andy Cohen to have Kathy Lee Gifford on to talk about her son-in-law's moose knuckle, which Kathy Uh Lee Gifford was very obviously sort of uncomfortable talking about. She did go on to say, like, "Uh, yes, I saw it. It's hard to miss. (laughs) She said, "I'm, I'm glad it's not my son. It's Cassidy's husband, her daughter's husband, who I adore, but none of us realized what were going on. We were playing a game, for goodness sake, and we got very, very excited about it. Obviously, <laughs> how Wait, she got excited about it. Well, they got mean? excited about the game about winning and then but she said it as a pun, <laughs> like on purpose, like we got excited about it. And she was really meaning the game, but they were talking about the moose knuckle. And anyway, it's a great little clip from Watch What Happens Live with Andy Cohen. It's very, very funny. And he shows the moose knuckle over and over and over <laughs> and over and over again. And you cannot, I mean, you have to feel bad for this guy. He looks down and he full on realizes what's going on there on national TV, that they are just showing all of his drunk junk. All of his Um, drunk junk. All of his drunk Uh, junk. He should not feel bad, though, because there's a lot of junk going on there. There's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot happening there, which I guess is a good problem to have. Okay. We must talk about the space toilet. NASA has finished a brand new, smaller more effective space toilet. This was a challenge a couple years ago, or maybe even less than a year ago. They were trying to challenge anybody to come up with a better version of the current space toilet that's on the International Space Station. Because What is up with NASA challenging people? Didn't they challenge us to get to the moon and bring back some rocks the other day? Yeah, I mean, they do like, things that you're like, okay, I'm going to go ahead and build a space toilet that's better than what correct. NASA has like, already. I, I'm sorry, but you get trillions of dollars of our tax money every year. Why are you asking me to do stuff? Uh, I don't know, but, and I I don't know how that contest turned out. Like, I don't know if one of the random people in America made this space toilet, but now it's ready. It's $23 million and it is already up at the space station. Oh, wow. Uh, They, they already, they launched a rocket on Friday to go up there. It arrived yesterday and it's a little different because it's smaller. It's two feet tall and it, it operates via suction, which is how the original toilet is. But it's more equipped for the female anatomy because usually you just kind of stick a funnel on your Whoa. moose yeah. knuckle and uh. <laughs> that's how it gets sucked into the bags. Uh-huh. But I think this one is tilted or something or bigger. So it's got more... It, they, they don't explain exactly how right. it makes it better, but they say it's less leakage, more suction and is a little better for females and males. I mean, can you imagine going through all of the schooling and the sciencing and the education and the training to become an astronaut to go live in the International Space Station and you get up there and they don't have a toilet that fits your body? Right. Like, or you can't go up in the rude. space because they don't have s- suits that fit your boobs. That fit that your also boobs. Happens. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. So 
pee up there, the ladies. Patriarchy. You deserve it. Drop the subject. The new channel Q. Drop the subject. Allie and James. We're closing up shop, as you heard. Close up shop. 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 Uh, we do have to talk a little bit, of course, about uh, this last weekend. We didn't really get a chance to talk about it yesterday because, you know, there were some things going on in the world. But it was kind of a weird sports weekend. Like the, you know, the Lakers should have won game three and they didn't. And Jimmy Butler had a huge game there. The NBA or the WNBA finals is going on, which was like very odd. I'm a big Steelers fan. The Steelers didn't play because they were supposed to play the oh, Titans. right. That one got postponed. And it, then the Chiefs game was delayed and played last night as opposed to on Sunday. Uh-huh. Right. And it just, it was weird. The Rams won a game that the, I'm not sure they should have, but the Chargers Cam lost Newton a has game. COVID. Cam Newton has COVID. Like, it's just... All the stuff that we sort of said was going to start happening with football is kind of happening and it's made it weird. But this whole thing, I will say, regardless of how you feel about him politically, the pre- the fact that the president of the United States was in the hospital just made it made it feel weird to like do anything else. Like you're watching football and you're like, but man, it just snapped us back into reality. I guess there's a GD pandemic going on right now. There's all of these things going on in the world. And yet you're watching football, even though the president is in Walter Reed sick with COVID. Like it just, it was very, very odd. So it was thankful to have the sports, the little bit of time I felt like I could get away and, and sort of zone out of the world. But it was also a kind of a weird sports weekend. It, it, it is weird to watch, but then it's also very gratifying. So you're torn between these two places where you're like, this is crazy. Why are they still playing there's all this i think there's like 20 titans that have it now right yeah. and they're just like full steam ahead and then someone's <laughs> like it's like they're all roll they're all running on a track and every like if someone falls they just keep running and yep. they're like all right they're gone cam newton go away all right full keep, steam ahead just keep, keep going. going yep yeah and so you feel that a little bit so that's kind of strange but then they make it all seem so normal yeah. Like they the way they present the games, the way they have the crowd noise piping in, the way the games are signify that everything's normal. But then they're so high scoring games. It's like insane. Every game is like a points bonanza. It's, it's where it's just crazy. like 49. Like the Browns were like 49 points. Oh You're like, what is God. happening? If yeah. you were ever unsure about whether 2020 was completely upside down, it's the fact that the Browns scored 49 points. <laughs> and that they're three and one right now. Like, that's yeah, crazy. they're doing great. And even, the, you know, the. The last thing about football um, before we get out of here, uh, Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth, who do the Sunday night game on NBC. Did you see that they, they were forced to wear masks by Santa Clara County public health t- officials uh, oh. for the Niners game? And they were such little babies about it. about it. They just the whole time. And Chris Collinsworth is wearing it off of his nose and they're like whining and moaning. And I'm like, you're talking to millions of people. While our president is in the hospital with COVID, you two are clearly not sitting six feet apart and you're in a county that is requiring that you wear masks if you're indoors and you're not doing it like on purpose and you're bitching about it. Like I totally am losing respect for these guys. Mm -hmm. It's really it's really starting to piss me off. And I know we've talked about this already, but football just keeps acting like like speaking of the cis het white patriarchy, they just keep acting like COVID just is going to skip them like, oh, no, COVID is for everybody else. Like, it's not really going to impact us. No, it's clearly impacting you. And you're acting like bitches about it. Like, get on board. If everyone would just get on board, this thing would get be done quickly. But the NFL cannot fathom losing money. 
No, no, of course That's not. That's the thing is they're just like, well, we have to keep going. We have to keep going, doing the games. This is our, we make billions of dollars every single year. This year is going to be no different. Yep. They acted this entire year like everything was going to be normal. The and that they're, they're still acting like that now, even though it's not. Well, when it all comes down to it, we do enjoy watching and we do enjoy the gay innuendos every once in a while, don't we, James? Oh, boy, do we ever. So, <laughs> I feel course. like the pants are a little extra see-through this year, too. That's about the only good thing going on in football. Yeah, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of men wrapping their sweet arms around each other and embracing on the field, and then uh, other people commenting on it. So without further ado, we will take you out with week four of the gayest sports highlights of the week. See you tomorrow. Here are the gayest sports highlights from the week. Mayfield, pressure, tucks it, runs it. Oh. Raiders... Have it jam-packed inside. Devontae Booker. I haven't called his number yet. Loading up, wanted to go deep over the middle. He's got Brown again. And Brown is down. And then a flag flies. Whitney Merciless. Cars. Proby. Johnson is in. Watson has protection. He's trying to bang him coming out of the backfield. They get caught with their pants down. He's anticipating those holes before the backs can get into those holes. But he did get his hands for the first time on Cousins since they met in college. Now Hunt with a big hole. Muscling his way. How in the world did he get in there? These have been the gayest sports highlights from this week. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q.